0: You'll notice Romans 1.16 is is up on the screen here. That's going to be our main scripture for tonight. Uh, If you want to go there, you can, or you can just read it off the screen here. Romans 1.16 and 17. Just a little bit of background here. Um, Last Sunday, I felt the Lord quicken in me that we need to take our place in Christ. And I felt God leading me to talk about the value that God's placed in us in Christ. Uh, Wednesday night, unplanned, I think, Pastor Ned spoke about the inheritance that we have in Christ, uh, God's inheritance in the saints, and and tonight I just want to continue with this theme of of our place in Christ. I want to talk about the righteousness of God, which is in Christ Jesus. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation. The NIV says it's the power of God that brings salvation. For everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And I just want to read to you the the New Living Translation. It really brings it out. Verse 17. This good news of the gospel tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished From start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it's through faith that a righteous person has life. So let's notice a couple of things about this scripture. First of all, God defines the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, this is the power. It's the power of God. Say, I want to see the power of God. How can I see God's power? How can I say it? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news about his son and his kingdom. Power, dunamis, miracle working power, dynamic miracle power. The ability of God is demonstrated in this power. You said, well, is there a, a, a healing or, or a... No, hold on a second. We're not talking about that sort of power. This power, as demonstrated here in this verse has the ability to make you and I right before God. That's a miracle. Because all have sinned, the Bible says, and fallen short of the glory of God. And that there's not one righteous upon the earth. Not one. So none are righteous in the earth. But God says everyone can be righteous if they will believe in the good news of His Son, Jesus Christ. As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands, none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. Romans 3.10-12 through 12. I also want to point out that God's righteousness is revealed or shown forth in the gospel of his son from faith to faith. In other words, from start to finish. It's completed. It's finished. When you receive the message of the good news of the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ, God says, by faith, I declare you righteous. Start, finish, done. You do not have the ability to make yourself right before God. God says, I set the standard of righteousness, I assess righteousness, or unrighteousness in our case, and then I provide the means by which righteousness can be achieved. You say, well, wait a minute, God. I I, I have my own ideas about righteousness. I have decided uh, my own ideas about what's good and what's right and what's wrong. And I have decided that if I do this and I do this and I do this, then I will achieve righteousness, and therefore you shall accept my righteousness. God says it doesn't work that way. I have one standard, and it's free. It's a free gift. It's my son, Jesus Christ. It's the just For the unjust. And looking ahead to a time. When we would have the ability. To be made righteous before God. The Bible says in Isaiah 53. That after he. Jesus. God's servant has suffered. He will see the light of life. And be satisfied. And by his knowledge. My righteous servant. Will justify many. And he will bear. Their iniquities. So God looking ahead, Isaiah prophesied to a time when Jesus would see the fruit of his labors. And light would shine and he would see many people made righteous by his sacrifice. So there is in all of us a sense of sin, inferiority, guilt. Something is wrong. Something is not right. Could you stand before God righteous? Well, gee, I hope so. I've I've really been trying to be good. I've done this. I've fallen short here, but I think it's good enough. God is very precise. God is very explicit. God makes his expectations known to man. And he says, if you want to attain to righteousness, and if you want to stand before me, pure as snow, if you want to be accepted in my kingdom, I have the standard. I want you to receive my son, the righteous one. And we stand with what's called sin consciousness. But God wants to create in us a righteousness consciousness. Amen? A righteousness consciousness. What does it mean to be righteous? It means to be justified. Righteousness means justification. It's the quality of... Of being right so I just for a few moments I just want to talk about righteousness that was lived by Adam righteousness that was modeled by Abraham righteousness that was attempted by the nation of Israel and righteousness that is ultimately fulfilled in Christ why do we need to be righteous The Bible teaches us that righteousness is foundational. It's foundational to our relationship with God. In fact, righteousness, the Bible teaches in Psalm 97, is the foundation of God's throne. The very heavens proclaim His righteousness. In Isaiah 54, God promises... To establish us in righteousness. In fact, he uses lots of different... Let me me just go there quickly and and read to you some of the ornaments and materials that God plans to build upon. He said, I will lay your stones with colorful gems. I will lay your foundations with sapphires. I'll make your pinnacles of rubies. Your gates of Of crystal. Your walls of precious stones. All your children. This is a wonderful promise. Shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Watch this in verse 14. In righteousness. You shall be established. This is a foundational. Building block. For our faith in God. This is how we take our stand. This is the bottom layer. If we don't have the bottom layer set in stone, we can't build upon it with anything else. See, I'm really trying to transform my life. I, you know, I, I'm doing good. I'm reforming myself. I'm going to church. I'm praying more. But God says, if you don't have this foundation, it's wood, hay, and stubble. Because all of your, our righteousness will not work in building a life that is honorable, pleasing, and established before the Lord. God says, first, you have to get settled. You've got to settle that capstone deep down into the ground, that rock of Christ's righteousness, knowing that before God you are righteous, knowing before God that you are not guilty, knowing before God that you're reconciled back to God, that you're holy before God, Colossians chapter 1, that you're blameless before God, above reproach in his sight. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of the righteousness of God. Not your righteousness. You say, well, well, I must have some part to play. Well, of course. After we receive the righteousness of God in Christ, and God shows us our true identity in Him, when God reestablishes our character, our, the very core of our life, with confidence in Him, Then we can move out and do righteous works in his name. Then we can produce Philippians chapter 2, what the Bible calls the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. Notice that the fruits of righteousness are by Jesus Christ. The fruits of righteousness are not by us. They're by him. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who became for us righteousness sanctification redemption jesus became righteousness for us that's good news that's the gospel this is the power of god god has the ability you say well gee this is for people that are not saved." paul said listen i'm going to rome romans chapter one and as much as is in me i'm ready to preach the gospel well there's christians in rome christians need to hear the gospel too Amen. I believe there was probably people there that weren't saved too but God wants us to be settled and established and strengthened in this truth knowing I am righteous before God so that we could square up with the devil and we could say go in Jesus name so we could square up with the devil and say you have no part of me go in Jesus name so we could square up with oppression and say you have no claims on me in Jesus name so we could square up with sickness and say you don't have a right in my body I am righteous before God go in Jesus name who do you think you are. it is God who justifies. Romans 8:33. God justifies who is he who can condemn. Do you understand the, what God is saying there? Romans 8:33. God's saying, no one can condemn you because I set the standard for righteousness, and when you receive the righteousness that's given through my son, you are acquitted. Who is he who condemns? Who is he who's going to bring a charge to God's elect? God's chosen ones. The ones that are in Christ. The ones that have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. The ones who are God's very own. Who he paid the price for. Who's going to bring a charge? And God says, I want to release you from condemnation. And I want to release you from a sense of inferiority. And I want to release you from a sense of guilt. And I want you to be free. And I want you to stand with confidence. say, we could be confident as Christians? Yes. But confidence has a very important twin brother. Humility. Because my confidence is not in myself. Come on. God wants to establish a confidence in us. It's a confidence in our righteousness, which is found in Jesus Christ. Paul says there's one place where I can know and I can go to be safe, and that's in Christ. Philippians 3. To be found in him, having a righteousness that's not my own, but a righteousness that is through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the place to be. If righteousness has an address, it's C-H-R-I-S-T. This is the place where God wants us to abide. This is the place where God wants us to settle down and take up residence in Christ, in righteousness. This was lived by Adam in the garden. There was fellowship in the garden. There was partnership in the garden. Adam knew that he, was, that he was emanating with the glory of God, the presence of God. Adam knew he was a son. God breathed into him the breath of life. Adam had a trade, hallelujah. I work for God. I'm, I'm not proving anything to anybody. God gave me this garden. God gave me this job. God brought these animals before me and said, Adam, I have authority, and I'm creating you. And because I have authority and I rule and I reign, you're going to do the same thing. And he wasn't ashamed of that. There was no pride in that. That's who he was. And God came and fellowshiped with him. And I believe every time God came and fellowshiped with Adam, it just re-energized and reinvigorated the identity and the truth of who he was in Christ, in God. He lived in righteousness before it was taken away. And this is what God's restoring. One step at a time. One life at a time. Abraham modeled this for us. The Bible says that he believed in the Lord. And he was, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was credited to him. Those that are of faith are sons of Abraham. What, faith, what, what are you talking about? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteous live by faith. They, we do live by faith. In other words, we take steps of faith, but we have our very life from God through faith. I've often wrestled with that. I've said, God, are you talking about the practicality of living step by, they live by, you know, um, I live by um, the weather channel at times. Uh, I live on um, uh, protein bars. You know, I just live on macaroni because I'm Italian. You know, no, it's, it's not, there is a, a sense of living day to day by faith. But what he's saying here is that those that are justified and made righteous live. In other words, they have the life of God, how? The life of Christ, how? The regenerated life, the original life that was destined in the garden. The sinless, guiltless Undarkened, unblemished life, how can I attain to that life that's in Christ? It's through faith. And God is creating sons and daughters and justifying many. How? To become sons and daughters of Abraham. How? By faith. It's no coincidence that Abraham was believing God for a supernatural childbirth. How's he gonna do it? How's he gonna make you righteous? How could he do it? It's God's miraculous power through the gospel. How did Sarah get pregnant? God says, I want one thing. I'm just asking you to believe that I will do what I said I'll do. That's it. I'm asking you, Abraham, to put your trust in me and to believe that you can't produce this child, but that I can produce the life that you're not able to produce. Come on, can you see the new covenant here? All I'm asking you to do is put your trust in me and your faith in me and then I'm going to make you righteous before me. But but God, i got to do this. No, 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 no. I'm going to do that. You worry about faith, you let me handle the details. Israel attempted this unsuccessfully. They attempted to establish their own righteousness, Romans 10. The Bible says that they had a zeal for God. But it's not according to knowledge. And being ignorant, watch this, of God's righteousness, they sought to establish their own righteousness. And because of that, they've not submitted to the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God. There are so many people that have zeal. They're sincere in their religious activity, in their good works, in their endeavors. But they're ignorant of God's righteousness, of God's standard. And they seek to justify themselves before God. God says, you can't justify yourself before me. I'm God, You're a fallen man. And I have created a way for you to stand before me right. I want you to receive my son, Jesus Christ. And this is fulfilled in, in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become The very righteousness of God in Him. This was a tremendous sacrifice. Oh, the price that Jesus paid. Him who knew no sin at all became sin on the cross, He became our sin on the cross, He did away with sin altogether on the cross so that we might receive, and it's a trade. Can you see the exchange and the trade? He said, I want to take your sin. I want to take your sin consciousness. I want to take your guilt. I want to take all your transgressions. I want to take all of it. Wrap it up in a box together. Leave it at the foot of the cross, and I want you to leave with my righteousness. So what is God doing now? God, right now, is in the process of building upon the foundation of his son. He is building on righteousness. There's no other foundation that can be laid. He's building on righteousness. And God says, I want you to build your life upon my son. He's the righteous one, he'll show you the way. Receive his righteousness, it's a gift. From God, for when we receive the righteousness of God that comes through faith, we begin to reign. The Bible says, "In life, through Jesus Christ." Romans five seventeen. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness—say, gift—they will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. And I believe there's double application there too. Those that receive the gift of righteousness will reign. There's a sense of authority now that comes. There's a sense of ability now that comes. There's a sense of confidence that comes into the human personality. We're not beneath. We're not inferior. We stand in God's presence as righteous sons and daughters. We can pray and we can expect results for the effective, fervent prayer of an unrighteous person. No, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person (laughs) avails much. You say, okay, well, I've got to make sure every last thing. No, I, I don't believe God is saying that. Now, God expects us to live a life that's worthy of Him and His Son. But we all know that none of us have the ability in our own strength to reach perfection. So it's those that have been made righteous that have effectiveness in prayer. It's sons and daughters. It's through the grace and the gift of righteousness that we can actually believe that our prayers can be answered. And there's other conditions for prayer, but I don't want to get into that. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Lord, thank you for for your son. Thank you for righteousness. And Lord, I just pray that And, Lord, I just want to thank you for the time that is coming upon the earth, Lord, where you're going to wipe away every tear. That death will be no more, Revelations 21. Neither shall be there any mourning, nor any crying, nor any pain, for the former things have passed away, and you will swallow up death forever, Isaiah 25. And the Lord will wipe away the tears from the faces, the reproach from his people, He's going to take it away from the earth. Lord, I just want to thank you, God, that you've begun to do that in every soul that has received Jesus and has become righteous, Lord. Thank you, God, that you're building your church and that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it, Lord. Thank you, God, that you are building in us, Lord, a sense of righteousness, consciousness, Lord, knowing who we are in Christ, Lord, taking our stand in Christ, Lord, not letting the enemy push us around, knowing our identity in Jesus Christ the price that you paid, Lord, the free gift so that we could have life. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, Visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.